Hello, my name is Hilary Seabrook. Welcome to the latest episode of Harmonious World. This episode features a conversation with Garrett Keast, an American living in Berlin. And coincidentally, our last conversation was episode 91 and it came out exactly a year ago, the 27th of December 2021. This conversation is giving me an opportunity to revisit Garrett Keast's album from 2021 called Transatlantic, featuring the Berlin Academy for American Music. And what you're listening to is Craig Urquhart's Lamentation for Flute and String Orchestra. And I also interviewed Craig for episode 99 of Harmonious World. So I hope you enjoy listening to my latest conversation with Garrett. Welcome, Garrett Keast, to Harmonious World. Thank you for joining me. Big pleasure. Good to see you again. Yeah, indeed. And so Berlin Academy of American Music, lots of exciting things going on that I've heard about. So tell me a bit more about what's happening. Yeah, well, it's, it's you know, it's the little babies taking steps now. It's been, um since last we last spoke, I think we spoke a, little, a good bit about our first CD, which was released one year ago actually last week, um, Transatlantic, this recording that we made with Onyx Classics uh, there in London. And um, it did really well, the CD, and it's still getting a lot of uh, good press. We've got a lot of good reviews. And so that was really helpful because that was kind of like the incubator for this orchestra, the first thing that happened. like We recorded a CD first. It was like middle of the pandemic. You know, there was no vaccines yet even when we when we recorded it. And we all had to have distance and masks and testing and everything else. And um, we all thought we we're going to die, of course. And but we somehow made it, you know. So um, so now the yeah now we've had some concerts in Hamburg and in Berlin, and now we're about to have our. I think this is only our fourth or fifth concert coming up in three weeks here in Berlin. Uh, it's called the Lost and it's called our it's a new series we're calling Lost and Found Composers. Yeah, that sounds brilliant. So, lost and found composers. So, who are you? Who are you talking about? Yeah, I mean, I, I I try not to be overly intellectual about that, but I think it's a nice title, and it's and it's really a way. There are there is a really important composer that's rather unknown, um, Ursula Mamlock, who is a German American composer, um, and she uh, she. It's like there's so many stories like this when it comes to composition and comp- great composers of the 20th century. She was 15 years old in uh, the late 20s and her family, she was a Jewish family living here in Berlin. She fled um, first to South America and then shortly thereafter to New York City with her family to get away, get away, get away from the Nazis. And, um, and she studied in um, New York City with several distinguished com- composers. And then she became a composer and she en- ended up teaching at the Manhattan School of Music Composition for 40 years. Wow. Yeah. She's a, quite a distinguished composer even. And um, and uh, she, what's really interesting is that at the, year, at the age of 83, I think it was 2006 or eight, she moved back to Berlin. She hadn't lived here in 50 something years. Wow. And, 
Yeah, she moved and she and she died just a, just seven or eight years ago here in Berlin, and she decided to live her last years in an unknown city to her, in a different city than she grew up in in Berlin. And I think that's just amazing. Um, and she's sounds like an amazing woman. And and so she was brought to my attention by um, Frank Carters of Boozy and Hawks here in Berlin, who he's really interested in lots of composers like this, people that were really lost in the second uh, around the Second World War. That fled fled Germany, fled yeah. Central Europe, and they're just fascinating stories. And so that's what I'm excited about because you know when somebody first hears about us, bam, the Berlin Academy of American Music, and I'm this American guy who runs it, and I'm a conductor, and blah blah blah. They they think, give me a break. What is this? You know, American music focusing. What are they doing? Just like Charles Ives and and Copeland all day long and Bernstein. And yes, we're going to do all that stuff. And that, but that's just part of it. It's also about really connecting um, with stories and with these, um, I think, with these great composers like Ursula Mamluk or Igor Stravinsky or Mio, for instance, all who became American, are American, um, yet were European too, you know? Right. Yeah. That sounds really interesting because, as you say, you could you could do Gershwin and Copeland all day, couldn't you? I mean, well, I don't know if we could in Germany. I don't know if we could, but we I think we might be laughed at a little bit. But I mean, I think people want to hear that. And that's, of course, they want to hear that stuff. They want to hear especially Gershwin, Bernstein and um, Copeland somewhat. And but um, and there's an audience for that, of course. And there's the the popular pieces are done. But um, I want to focus on that. And there's an audience for that here. But I think it's really much more interesting to, cons- to use these immigrant composers as like kind of a real big focus of mixed in, mixed in completely. So that's how we can mix in Stravinsky or mix in Mio or mix in Hindemith even on a program with Copeland, Charles Ives, Ursula Mamluk, Caroline Shaw, you know? So, right. So this is not necessarily for the podcast, but if they once went to America in on holiday, you're going to, you're going to count them. <laughs> you can put that on the podcast. Well, I mean, I think that's, yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, on the first CD, you know, we did Takamitsu, and but there, it's this American piece. It's a piece based off of um, the, the um, Melville um, Moby Dick uh, novel. Oh right, yeah, that's right. I remember that now. Yeah, yeah. It does sound really interesting. And uh, so, talk to me. So, you're changing your performance venue? Is that right? It's coming in the next year. And um, well, the next concert here here in Berlin is in Siemens Villa. It's a beautiful space. It's a little bit west it's not really in the center so it's a little bit out uh, out but it's you know we're a new ensemble so it just takes a little time but it's i'm very excited to say we're next next march and next november and i think for now on we're going to move into the Werner Otto Saal of the concert house in berlin which is very center and um it's a premier venue and um so i'm really excited about that and it'll be easier to sell tickets there easier for the audience to come right it's yeah. more enticing for a violin soloist to come play with us when they can say they're in the concert house, of course. And uh, so that's great. And um, yeah, so there's a lot of a lot of new things. We we did get to go, since I saw you last, uh, to the Elbphilharmonie last uh, February. And we did a big concert, a sold out concert in the main hall. That was a big deal. That's a big deal. Yeah, that's really, that's great. That's really yeah. good. Very exciting. Well, it's what's fun about it for me as an American. I'm from Houston and New York. I grew up kind of both. And and when you talk to people back in the States, 
about this ensemble. Um, you know, Americans, they're kind of like, what? There's an American ensemble in Europe or in Germany or in Berlin, yeah. you know? And one thing that is nice about it is, you know, we have really um, here in this city, there's endless amount of great musicians. Oh, yeah. There's there's always new ones coming up through the the two schools. And there's, there's you know, we ju- I just hired today a violinist who's a carry-on academist in the Berlin Philharmonic, young one, and um, who comes with great credentials and will be fantastic for us. But like we have, a, it's all professionals in this orchestra, but there's just, you know, you can always, you can't always get the exact same core group. We have kind of a core group of players, about 35 players. And, um, but we can't always get, so there's always every orchestra now, this next project, only 25 players that we need in this, in this, for these pieces. Um, always there's about, 35, 40% perhaps that are new to us, you know? Yeah. But there's great freelancers in the city. It's amazing. Yeah. Berlin's really kind of the place to go, isn't it? At the moment. It's exciting. Yeah. It's a great city. Yeah. Brilliant. So 2023 sounds like a, a fantastic year ahead. So that's really exciting. So I think we'll need to revisit this later in the year, next year. Sure, sure. Well, the other thing that I didn't get to tell you about, we're starting to get invited to festivals. So that's another big step. Yeah, that's huge. That's yeah, so we're going, the, the big one for us is we're going to Georgia Nescu Festival in Bucharest next September. So that's happening. There's a couple other major festivals starting to ask about us for 24 and 25. And and I'm hoping to build it. There's there's some, there's a lot of different plans in the, in the making and another recording possible and but it's um it's an interesting record it's an interesting um I I well I don't know what I'd say is that after the pandemic there's a lot of people in my business on the repertoire side a lot of managers of orchestras a lot of artistic planners talking about how we've got to use this opportunity to break free of just like Beethoven and Mozart and Bruckner and Mahler all of which I love of course yeah. but but like we've got to break free of that I mean we can't just keep doing all this stuff we have to start i mean audiences today do want younger people do want to hear new pieces um they do want to hear about these stories they so people are I, i've really been happy people have been attracted to our repertoire that's really good it's interesting because uh i went to a jazz gig at um actually at wembley arena which is a huge um huge venue and it was a band called i don't know if you've heard of them snarky puppy Okay, they're, but they're great. They're really good. But they did. Uh, I think they. I think they were forty-five minutes into their set, and then the band leader went on the mic and he went, "You, all the music that you've heard so far is off our brand new album that's only been out for a week, and for an audience of six thousand people to sit and enjoy and engage with brand new music." for 45 minutes is really really quite unusual yeah and I think there is something in that I think there's something in what you say about people wanting new stuff because we we're we're excited about being able to get out again and and but we want to do it for for to hear either new stuff or stuff that we know but done in a different way or something like that yeah I, I think it's super important. We have to like, you know, we kind of keep this art form alive and you can't, you can't stay alive if we're just always doing the most, most famous works yeah. from the museum, you know? Yeah, exactly. 
I mean, of course. You're you're a jazz you're a jazz saxophonist, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I um and in fact I've got back into it recently. So I've got this new project that I'm not really kind of talking about what the detail is, but it's jazz and it's um me on baritone sax with a trumpeter. So it's that whole kind of Chet Baker, Jerry Mulligan thing, but modern. Okay. So what would they be doing if they were alive today, you know? So it's that. It's really, yeah, just new stuff. I mean, saxophones are always doing interesting things, I find, these days. Right. Here in Berlin, I don't. I imagine it's the same there. It's I, I have a great, there's a saxophonist here that plays with us sometimes, uh, Christoph Ensel. And he's in the Player Obscure Saxophone Quartet. Okay, I don't know that. I'll have to, I'll have to check that out. Player Obscure, yeah. Right. Yeah. They're they're amazing. Um, I mean, there's a lot of amazing quartets now, saxophone quartets around, yeah. and and I did an American program with them with the orchestra in Ludwig's Ludwigshafen was what's it called the what's it called the Rhineland Pfalz Philharmonie, uh, and um, it was amazing. Yeah, and he and he there was he's he's actually a composer too, and there's so many colors and things you can do with a saxophone. Absolutely. Yeah, and and uh, it's it's interesting because when I hear sometimes I hear a kind of a sax quartet that's doing the same old same old and you hear it and you go mm, yeah okay it's really good you're good at what you do but yeah it doesn't doesn't add anything and I think there's so much more that can be added so yeah oh absolutely yeah. and it's endless colors and yeah audience ate that piece up I can't remember the name of the piece uh it was a, it's also an American piece um but it wasn't the glass or anything right no <laughs> But um, and then they did a um, encore, and it was just incredible because they had one person coming at a time into the audience, and it was so quiet. And then it was just it turned into this gorgeous piece of four of them playing. Wow. Audience was spellbound by it all. So yeah, there's some there's some great new music out there. It really really is. So yeah, 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 cool. Yeah, fantastic. Well, lovely to talk to you again, Garrett. So thank you, you too, Hillary. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I hope you get to hear us live sometime. We'll yeah. hopefully make it to the UK. Well, either you can make it to the UK or I'm going to come over to Berlin because I'd love Berlin anyway. And I haven't been for about five years now. So, you know. Yeah, come join us and um, and yeah, look up my friends, Claire Obscure. Yeah, I will. I'm going to. Fabulous. Lovely to talk to you, Garrett. You too. Thanks so much. Okay. See ya. I hope you enjoyed listening into that conversation. I am, in fact, planning my trip to Berlin, hopefully for Easter time. What you're listening to now is Copeland's Appalachian Spring Suite, Ballet for Martha, performed by the Berlin Academy of American Music, conducted by Garrett Keast. And this is Movement 8, Moderato Like a Prayer. I hope you did enjoy listening to my conversation with Garrett and perhaps we'll do another one for next 27th of December. (laughs) Hope this finds you well and that you had a great Christmas and are looking forward to an exciting 2023. Let's try and make this world a little more harmonious.
Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Harmonious World. My name is Hilary Seabrook and it's a great delight to bring this series of discussions with musicians and composers and writers and all sorts of people to you. Obviously, there's no point in having a podcast if people aren't listening and I'm very grateful to my listeners for doing so. Thanks also to Joe English for composing and performing this new theme tune. So wherever you get your podcast, you can leave a review. You can share this with your friends and family, either as a link or on social media and that sort of thing. I'd be really grateful for that. Don't forget that you can subscribe now. There's a link wherever you get your podcasts. So have a great week. And please remember why I started this, which is just to try and make the world a little more harmonious. Thanks for listening to Harmonious World. <laughs>